Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. This week, I am chatting to Becky Scott. Now, you may have heard me refer to Becky many a time on this podcast. She is known as Misfits Workout Online and is a plus-size fitness instructor who runs her own dance classes. And we really got into her journey with exercise, her journey in becoming the instructor she is today, and how powerful being a role model and having representation in fitness really is. I really think you're going to enjoy this one, especially if you're a fitness professional yourself or you've been lacking confidence in trying classes, trying movement. We really get into all of that. But before we get into this week's chat with Becky, it's time for Train Happy Trooper of the Week. This week's train happy moment comes from a lovely listener, Julia. My train happy moment this week was that I went on vacation slash a little getaway with my family for the Thanksgiving holiday and was able to just get in a lot of gentle movement that sounded good to me. And this week it meant walking, usually when we go to the beach that we go to, I ride my bike a lot and really challenge myself to explore different areas of that beach. And this week, I just didn't feel like riding my bike. And in the past, I would have felt really guilty because it's quote unquote, a good workout. Um, But this week was so nice because I was able to do some peaceful beach walks with my fiance, went on a fun walk to grab some food at a local bar with my brother and was just able to lounge around guilt-free for the first time in years. It was really nice doing movement that came naturally to me and that felt like what I wanted and needed in the moment. And it was really nice coming out of a vacation where the entire holiday focuses around food, not feeling any kind of guilt around food or movement and just being able to enjoy time with my family. I love this train happy moment from Julia. I think it really shows that obviously in the US it's been Thanksgiving and similar to Christmas and the general holidays where it's so often centered around food and kind of feeling guilty that you're eating more and moving less that she's really been able to find a piece there where she's listened to her body, done what feels good and you know has come away from that holiday feeling good about herself which I often think thanks to diet culture isn't the case so I really appreciate you sharing that with us Julia I really really love that remember if you want to share your train happy moment and be featured as train happy trooper of the week or you have a question you would like us to answer on the podcast please send them to us via text or voice note to 075 999 27537 and if you are abroad that is with a plus 44 at the front and hopefully we will answer your question during the episode or share your train happy moment and don't forget to follow us on instagram at train happy podcast where we'll also do shout outs for questions and topics and suggestions and behind the scenes and all that good stuff okay enough from me let's hear from the truly lovely becky becky welcome to the train happy podcast how are you i'm good thank you thanks for having me i'm really pleased you're here because we first met in 2019 
Oh, uh, or it might have been early 2020. I think it was the anti-diet riot club, um, like face-to-face event, just before, like in the in that January, I think. But also, we made some video content together. We did was also not- in 2020. Oh wow, wow! <laughs> but only just. Okay, like, okay. I think it was like I really January. Thought it was 2019. It was 2020, <laughs> everyone, and we met. Um, and then obviously I haven't seen, I didn't see you until I think my book launch for the Train Happy Journal last year. And wow, you have been on such a journey. You are like killing it as the plus size fitness instructor you are. I feel like the amount of times people have heard me talk about misfits workouts or um, <laughs> please tell me people regular listeners are like oh this is who it is this is Becky I get messages like I get messages in my DMs all the time going Tally Rise mentioned you on and then tells me about a podcast and I'm like yay <laughs> yes because we were having conversation kind of before we hit record just saying that there just aren't enough there are but there aren't enough plus size fitness instructors in the UK and you are doing it you're doing the thing I am. I am doing the thing. But it hasn't been like, you know, a smooth sailing journey to get there. And this has been a relatively new thing, hasn't it? I mean, how long has Misfits Dance been going on for now? So we are um, about three and a half years. So about four and a half years ago, I was um, basically involved in the This Girl Can campaign as an ambassador for my local area. And there was an opportunity to have some funding to qualify as a fitness instructor Uh, and my dance teacher at the time had kind of said generally to our group that we would all make really good fitness instructors and I was like what even me (laughs) Um, and so off the back of her support and also the funding to pay for half of it I thought well what have I got to lose like I might as well give it a go Um, so yeah I started doing a part-time level two course like distance course from home and I basically did it in my evenings around my other commitments yeah I thought I'll set up a class maybe some people will come and if it doesn't work out I'll go back to my dance class again and that's you know three and a half years ago sadly I haven't been able to go back to that dance class because I've been too busy doing my own which we love I mean we love it so talk us through pre-becoming an instructor because I'm really curious about the instructor journey but I think it'll be really helpful to kind of go back even more and find out how you got into dance in the first place, how you got into fitness. You know, I know from our own conversations we've had that fitness and exercise hasn't always been a positive thing. It's perhaps been a bit of a punishing thing in the past. So for sure. Yeah. What's the journey been like to today? So, well, I think so. I have always been in a bigger body and I'll be honest, PE in the late 80s and early 90s for a child in a bigger body was not the fun experience that you might imagine it is. It was horrible. And I had some pretty horrible teachers that did not make moving your body fun. Um, So PE was out. I was never picked for things. Uh, I was tried to join the hockey team and they actually wanted to have a boy in goal rather than me (laughs) so like PE just was not the thing I'd try things and it just didn't feel right um but I was dancing um I did ballet tap and modern from about I don't know maybe about the age of eight or nine until um like maybe 15 or so um and at the point that everybody else was going on point I thought I'm not going to make a career of this um, so I gave it up. I loved dancing and I hadn't really thought of it as being exercise of sort because I did it because it was just... Because it was dancing. Because I loved it. Right? Yeah. And point for those listening who aren't maybe initiated in the ballet world is when you wear the point shoes that like they wear in the professional ballet companies and you're literally on your tippy toes and your feet are covered in blisters and plasters and it's a painful process. Yes. I never did point either. No, so. no. And... It also, as a 15 year old who already had weak knees and ankles at that point, because I wasn't strength training, if only I knew that then, um, I I thought I can't cause more damage to my body for a hobby. I'm never going to be a professional dancer or it didn't seem like that was a possibility. So I gave up the dancing. So I wasn't dancing. I was using any excuse in the book to get out of PE. Like exercise was a traumatic experience and something that was not for me either because I couldn't do it or I didn't want to do it or everything in between and around that sort of time of 
you know, sort of early teen years, I started to get into that cycle of not being happy with my body, going on various crash diets, trying different exercise programs, you know, kind of whatever was around at the time. But it would be peaks and troughs. So it would be all or nothing. Um, And pretty much did that from about the age of 15, 16 until I started having my kids. So I had those in my late 20s, early 30s. And it wasn't until I had children that I started to think, right, I've got to do something about this because I don't want them growing up with the relationship with food, exercise and their bodies that I've had. So, of course, I started one final crash diet attempt <laughs> because that's the answer, right? Um, but that's all, you know, you've got to have compassion for yourself because that's all we're told is the answer. Exactly. We're not given any other options. And so the automatic assumption is like, well, I'll just do another I'll do diet. I'll, exactly. You know, I can. OK, fine. I'll, you know, I, I didn't do it properly the first time because there must be a reason that I wasn't you know that I was failing I was failing it I was failing it I was weak I was lazy I was you know undisciplined I was all the rest of it it couldn't have possibly been the other way around absolutely so I thought this time will be different I've got children now like you know I'm committed I'm gonna do it for them um and so I started exercising I got into Zumba um, which love I Zumba. really, really enjoyed. Yeah, and love Zumba. Basically, was still trying to change the way that my body looked. But along the same time, there were I was starting to get into um, social media and I was following blogs and I can't remember if Instagram was around then, but certainly looking at pictures of plus size women who were dressing beautifully. And I thought, well, whilst I'm doing this, whilst I'm doing this journey, I'm going to make myself feel better about myself. I'm going to make an effort to wear makeup, do my hair, find clothes that I enjoy during the process. Like, let's try and enjoy my body as it is now whilst I transform it into whatever it's going to be. Um, And I was doing Zumba and increasing the amount of exercise classes I was doing. And basically, my body didn't really change very much. (laughs) So um, I then began to realise that maybe... That was just how my body had to be. For whatever reason, it wasn't going to change. And so alongside kind of following more bloggers, um, finding people like Megan Jane Crabb a little bit later down the line, Body Pussy Panda, finding that content and starting to realise that being a fat person wasn't the worst thing I could be, that I could look after my body, I could move my body and that that would still be beneficial even if my weight didn't change, sort of started to slowly change it. But I'll be honest, it wasn't like a speedboat turn. It was like a turning a barge. It was a slow process. I doubted it. I questioned everything. You know, it went against everything that I'd learn about bodies and weight and all of those kinds of things. So it was slow and I was very critical of this new world. But over time, I began to realise that I felt good about myself, that I felt better in my body, that I was stronger, all of those things. And so I started wanting to share that with other people. So I started sharing photos of myself and sharing photos of my exercise. And it kind of like snowballed from there, really. But um, so it was very slow, but it was the influence of other people around me. It was seeing other people in my class that I went to. There was uh, in the Zumba class, there was somebody else who was plus size who was there, who was incredible. She's now a Zumba instructor herself, but she was there as a participant at that point. And I just thought she was amazing. And I thought, well, if she's here and she's doing this, then there's a place for me too. The power of representation. Absolutely. That's why we need people who are diverse, who are in bigger bodies, who aren't just the typical thin white woman in fitness. We need, you know, we need it all. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, like literally all body shapes. Um, Because at the moment, I think anybody who's sort of like a size 14 and above considers themselves to be plus size in the fitness industry because it's so scarce. Like you Mm -hmm. don't see many people of my size that are stood at the front. Um, yes and you know what I was I've said on this podcast before as well like I'm a size 14 and I think sometimes that's a bit radical in the fitness industry and it's not it's just like <laughs> it's, it's a actually, totally normal I think it's size. below average in of the UK and um yeah that that is, is seemingly radical is wild to me because yeah. it shouldn't be no but you're right in a space that is predominantly uh made up of smaller people you know, to have any sort of 
curves or sort of and then go into plus sizes like it's it feels like wow this is amazing you know know. Um, but it should just be the norm yeah it should be it absolutely should be it shouldn't be a surprise to realize that people of all shapes and sizes can dance and do all of those kinds of things and or get on a bike and do a spin Mm. class you know like if you are able to, if your body allows that, it can do that at almost any size. And sure, like there are some things that might be easier if your body is smaller or there might be positions that are more comfortable if your body is smaller. But there are ways for all bodies to take part in exercise. But if you don't see yourself represented, how do you know that that's possible for you? I love that you have said that movement can be accessible for so many people and yes it may need to be adapted or changed or there might be different forms of movement for um, people in different bodies but there is a you know there is a kind of form of movement out there for you and I I hope people listening who maybe feel like they don't feel seen they don't feel represented or they don't feel like there's movement for them it's like we can find it for you oh absolutely yeah totally and like my thing is definitely dance like Mm. I love to dance I dance around my kitchen I dance for a job like that's the thing that that brings me joy but I know other people don't find joy in that kind of rhythmical movement they want to go for a walk outside I'm not a particularly outdoorsy person I don't mind going for a walk if the weather's right but you know traipsing around in the mud not my thing other people absolutely love it it doesn't have to be something that's like a formal type of exercise you don't have to pay to go to a class necessarily but there are options and there are things that are you know at all levels you don't have to necessarily go and give it 110 percent, which is impossible by the way like 100 percent is the limit <laughs> if you're giving it 110 that's way too much um you know like it's possible to do that and it's also fine like i think you've talked about this before where it's it's okay like when you've had enough to stop you don't have to sign up for an hour and do an hour it can be whatever works for you and sometimes i'll want to like dance all day other days oh 10 minutes is enough or a nice stretch or something it's just it's just lovely to like be present in your body um and yeah that's being able to encourage other people to find the thing that works for them is really important to me as it is to you like Mm -hmm. that's that's what I want to do and and again it comes back to that representation if you don't see yourself in those spaces how do you know that you're fit and that it will work for you And also kind of what you alluded to with your own fitness journey of doing all these forms of exercise that may be a bit more punitive, a bit more punishing. The one thing you came back to that you enjoyed was dancing that, you know, so many people feel like it has to be the gym. We, I have to go to the gym. That's my only option to move because that's what the fitness people tell me to move. You know, that's what the fitness people tell me to do. And so you feel like, okay, well, I hate the gym. I don't like necessarily doing weight training I don't want to run on a treadmill I'm not bothered about the rowing machine or whatever else like so then I don't like exercise yeah and you I assume it's then not for right? you don't you and I think you have to find your thing and you have to get to know yourself yeah and what makes what makes you kind of get excited about movement I always say reconnect to your inner child and find the form of movement that you enjoyed as a young child and interestingly enough you've done exactly that with misfits because you started ballet as a kid and that was what you loved doing and you've come back to dance as an adult going right this this is what I'm gonna do and this is what I enjoy and this is you know what I want I will be able to kind of have a level of consistency with and that is really sustainable for me because I love it it makes me feel good. It connects me with my body. It connects me with my inner child. So, you know, I'm not going to avoid it and feel like it's a chore when I exactly. actually want to do it. What's also good for me personally with my classes is because there are so many sort of levels, whether it's complexity of the movement or the amount of energy you need to put into it, like, you know, whether you're going to jump it or step it out or whatever, means I can teach it no matter what kind of mood I'm in. Mm. Sometimes I can be like, 
you're getting one star jump. I'll show you what it looks like, but I'm stepping it out. Other times I'll get carried away and do it more full out because I'm full of energy and that's the way I want to move my body. Um, And like maybe I'm at an advantage because that's the class that I've created. But, you know, like that's not impossible. That's other, you know, other instructors could do more of that so that they would also have those options. You don't always have to be the one doing the full out options. You can uh, model looking after your own body and doing it in a way that works for you on that day i completely agree and i also think as standard and speaking as fitness instructor to fitness instructor about how important it is to show the different levels of um options for people um and the thing that often gets said in the fitness space is say we were doing a press up and i we're actually going to end up doing a kneeling press up that often gets referred to as a regression Mm -hmm. let me show you this regression and i think that that word really implies especially in that scenario like unless you're doing the press up properly you're this is this is actually not that proper and this isn't the the real thing and this is actually going backwards and you should be able to do the full thing because that's the real one but Instead, I I think let's eliminate that word. Let's get rid of regressions and let's just say, here are the options. Yeah, I much prefer options. Right, and you give that low impact option. So the example of a star jump, you do your you do the step out instead yeah, of adding in the jump. Half jacks, do yep. some full jacks, do what you like. You just do the arms, then you add in the legs, then you do the full, and then totally right. And then you give people options, and they get to listen to their body and go what feels good for me today and you know that's one of the key things if there are other instructors listening of how you can empower your clients to practice intuitive movement by giving them the autonomy yeah. to choose what works for them because so often as fitness classes and I'm sure you've done many of them in your time you don't get a choice and so no. you feel like you have to bypass what your body actually wants to do because of an instructor's told you to do it and like and don't quit and don't give up and nobody stops or it's so quick that the moves there's no chance to kind of go what's mm-hmm. the um you oh, know like, I can't what's do the that. middle option of yeah, this like, I can't do that um what can I do and you know yeah. I've been in classes recently where I've kind of looked at the instructor and gone uh-uh this isn't happening for me what's the modification please but wouldn't it be just easier if everyone just gave them a standard mm-hmm. yeah absolutely we all start from there right and work our way up or across or around, mm-hmm. however you're going to do it. And things like, you know, I can't do full press-ups on my toes. I can, well, I can if my feet are wide, but I can maybe do two. Um, I heard you uh, talking to Bethany Rutter a few weeks ago. We were talking mm. about couch to 5K. We love Bethany Rutter. I've, I've attempted to couch to 5K. I've never completed it. I hate running. Like, running does not bring me joy. My husband did couch to 5K and he, like, I don't know how many weeks it took him, but not very many. He did it very quickly and then he did it and he went, oh, I can run 5K now and then stopped because he'd achieved it and that's all he wanted to do. He didn't love it either. So, and he can run, I can't run. We both hate running. So it doesn't have to be that. Um, You know, like it's, there's options for everybody and just being a fitness instructor doesn't mean that we can do all of the things all of the time. Yes. And let's take the pressure off ourselves. Yeah, totally. To be this like fitness perfection. Let's go like, I'm, look, I can't do all the stuff and actually, you know, I'm, got flaws and I you know I struggle sometimes and I think if we add that bit of human like humanness into the whole process like I'm sure the people coming to your classes love it because they're like oh my goodness I'm not so intimidated because she's like perfect at everything yeah it feels very I'm rarely perfect at anything (laughs) (laughs) but speaking of representation in that dynamic as well like I know a lot of people that come to your classes are plus size themselves yeah I've got a real mixture actually like and not everybody has got like body hang up issues not everybody is plus size but I have quite a few people that are plus size and have previously been inactive which is exactly who I'm trying to appeal to I want to encourage people some people who have never been to any other exercise class I've been coming to my classes for years you know since I started um and that is like that brings that tells me I'm doing something right so yeah why do you think that is uh, I think it's my dynamic personality (laughs) You've got a great personality. <laughs> I know, I, I totally know that. Um, no, I think there's something about the pressure is off. Like the pressure is off. Come and do what you like. If you are feeling particularly tired or you're recovering from some kind of illness or whatever it is, like grab a chair, take a seat whenever you need to. Not a problem. Um, you've missed four, five, six, seven, eight, nine weeks a year 
doesn't matter. You're welcome back. You'll be welcomed back and I'll be pleased to see you. You know, all of those kinds of things really take the pressure off. And those are things that are not necessarily the norm within the fitness industry. It's about like, you know, there's an awful lot around making people feel guilty for missing a class or, you know, like being told that it's only, you know, you're, you're lapping people sat on the couch and that kind of thing. It's not about that. Like you're either here and making the most of this in like enjoyable movement or you're not. And like neither one of those is any better or worse than the others. Mm. So I think it's that, I think it's knowing that the pressure is off. I think for some people knowing that the instructor is in a plus size body takes the pressure off a little bit in an ideal world, that wouldn't be a thing, Mm. but we all have that inherent fat phobia, whether we are, um, working to dismantle that and, you know, work on it or not. We've all got that. Like we've all got hangups about the size and shape of our bodies, particularly as women in the culture that we're in. Like it's, you know, it's bred into us. So I think that can be uh, an initial thing that will get someone through the door. But I also know that I have other people who have been to a class who didn't know what I was going to look like, who have been, who have dismissed me immediately because of the way that I look. Um, and have never come back. So it works both ways. Um, but if people are judging me based on my appearance rather than my ability to deliver a class, then they're probably not the right clients for me. So, you know, that's that's on them. That's not on me. And maybe they need somebody else. Maybe they do need to be motivated by somebody who looks a certain way. And I'm not, I can't give them that. And I think that speaks to the whole, there's something in the fitness industry for everyone. And, you know, you've found your finding and the the people that need you yeah and I think that's the most you know that is the most important thing so and I think that's I think that's an important point actually like I'm not trying to change the entire fitness industry like I'm just trying to carve out a space for people that whether that the industry is not currently providing enough for Mm. so like if people want to do their like aesthetic shred kind of workouts like for sure that's fine but that it does not like that does not that's not the only way to work out like let's like let's share this space like that's not for me I actually don't think that's necessarily good for your health but that's your business the same as like I don't need you commenting on my health because you're not my doctor so you know like let's all let's all just use this space and move our bodies exactly like there's no right or wrong it just there's just variety and let's give people options and I think that's a huge part because historically there have not been options there's been like we said the gym way or the highway yeah (laughs) and it hasn't felt like there's been something else in between and you know you if you didn't fit the mold you felt like there's nothing for you whereas the more we have people who are providing different forms of movement in different types of bodies the more people move and isn't that the goal absolutely Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mum's The Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles, and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts, and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. The clients that I tend to attract are those that have, you know, often been told by their doctors that they need to lose weight for various things. And 
you know like I know how difficult that is and maybe that's another thing that brings people to me because they know that that's not going to be part of what is expected bodies change like some people do lose weight some people don't but I never promise that and there's no expectation that that's what's going to happen and removing that from the conversation can make us like really relax and kind of enjoy the thing that's happening rather than whatever that goal might be I completely agree with you because I find the same thing, you know, I do the same similar thing with my clients as well. Like take away that expectation, take away that pressure, um, take away that judgment and you allow people to find their groove Mm -hmm. with what they're doing. And I think, you know, especially when we're thinking about our overall health and well-being, consistency with movement is incredible for us, incredible for us. But we so struggle with that when it's steeped in diet culture, when it's steeped in body shame and guilt. And so taking away those things as the person facilitating the class is really powerful. So considering you've been on this whole rocky journey with movement and your body image and everything, um, you reminded me just as we were hitting record that you were, you did your first big photo shoot this year for Alex Light's range light london i did i did you post in a bikini (laughs) i did (laughs) and let me tell you now you rocked it thank you how was that experience considering where you have been you know in the past well i mean like i've already said to you like i'm not necessarily the most body confident it like in terms of looking at images of myself and even on that day they were they said you know do you want to look at the pictures and I was like no if you're happy with them then that's great I don't need to see them in fact I don't want to see them um but yeah it was incredible I um Alex was looking for models they were um weren't able to find somebody for that particular day um and they were looking for somebody in the larger sizes and I'm a UK 28 and so another fitness instructor actually tagged me and said, you should like, I don't know what size you are, but you should go for this. And so I sent a message, not really expecting it to come from anything, sent my photos um, and was then booked to go. <laughs> um, and I kind of assumed that everybody that was going would be, you know, had been found on Instagram. But I was the only model there that wasn't like represented by a modeling agency. And so I'm, I'm pleased I didn't know that beforehand because I think that would have freaked me out and I wouldn't have gone but it was an amazing day I've never done other than my own photos for my like my misfits photos like brand shoot I've never done anything like that before and it was such a good day Alex is so lovely and Em who was there as well like they were so welcoming so supportive um and yeah the photos were were great I was amazed to be a part of it and then after that there was a little bit of a kind of incident with some trolling from a z-list celebrity so that was fun as well like i've never had that before mum i've made it (laughs) i'm being trolled on twitter that's what i know i've hit the big time (laughs) i mean these days if you're not getting trolled on twitter who are you yes right (laughs) exactly well i have to say that is the biggest uplift of followers i've ever had (laughs) so you know what sometimes i said to you as well before when Instagram or social media gives you lemons, you turn it into lemonade. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. And I didn't respond to, I didn't respond to the comments because actually, like, it's literally none of their business. And also, like, there was criticism of, like, having plus size models. It would have been really easy for me to turn around and go, don't you know I'm a fitness instructor? But actually, it's not about that. Like, we talked before, like, I'm not here to represent a good fat. I'm here to represent the fact that fat bodies exist and that we are allowed to to enjoy movement it's not it's not sort of like any kind of it doesn't make me any better than anybody else or any worse than anyone else you're we a just whole are. human being yeah I'm, i make mistakes i do bad things i do good things like that's all fine it mm. just is like you don't have to judge me by the amount of excess weight that i carry that doesn't define me or my worth or my beauty like you know so i kind of think that's that's not mine to carry. That's that's their thing that they're projecting onto an image of you. Yeah, they know nothing about me, and even if they did, they would still make judgments on that anyway. So I think you're. I think you're so right because you you just have to understand. Obviously, like in this whole fat phobic world we're living in, there are so many people who do have all these judgments and stuff. But that you are a whole complete person who is just a hundred percent worthy as someone in a size 10 in a bikini right 
Yeah, and, and I'm just you, as worthy now as I was before I got into fitness. Totally. Like, you know, I feel much more worthy now because I've done all of that work and I believe it. Mm. But she, that person who hated herself and also wasn't exercising or doing any of those things and felt bad about her body, she's just as worthy as I am now. Yes, I love that. And I think that's a huge part of that whole healing process as well. I think with all of this stuff is like, having that kind of compassion for your past self and your younger self who didn't believe in themselves who may have been hypercritical and really struggled oh for sure yeah Yeah. for sure I was very hypercritical yeah Yeah. and going like you always deserve to take up space you haven't earned it through being Becky misfits you haven't earned that you always had it it's an inherent right that you have and yet it's made to feel like you have to tick certain boxes, right? Yeah, yeah. But you're here. I am. You have your voice. You're doing the thing. You're you're doing incredible, incredible things. So I want to talk about, we obviously spoke about, have spoken about misfits and a bit about your process of becoming an instructor. But what have, what was it? I want to talk about the kind of courage it's taken for you to kind of put yourself out there because you you've you've done it and I think there are a lot of people maybe listening going like I don't feel like I look the part and therefore I couldn't possibly be a part of this industry Mm -hmm. what do you say to those people I get messages from people who feel exactly like that quite often like I think people uh, are saying like oh you know I've thought about it but I'm not sure if I'd be able to do it um, and I, even myself, when I was going through the training, when it got to the point of doing the like assessment part, I was thinking, what the hell have I done? What? How am I going to be able to do this? And I doubted my own abilities, even though I was partway through the qualification. And I think that's part of that's part of my own, I don't know, both success and challenge is that I will agree to stuff and try things before I know I can actually do them like I'll be like oh I'll worry about the details later on like signing up for Alex's um, photo shoot and various other things that I've agreed to I think oh I might be able to do that let's see how it feels what's the worst that can happen but that's also a real blessing that you have that attitude towards things because you kind of figure it out. Oh, I'll just figure it out. And I think that can be really special that you you do that. Yeah. Well, a, another plus size fitness instructor, Kat Henry. I don't know if you've met Kat. She's also um, does beauty pageants and she's a Zumba in- instructor uh, and, and was a plus size blogger when I was a blogger. Um, and she told me once, I was like, how do you know how to pose and how to do all of these things? And she told me, fake it till you make it. Mm. And I take that little nugget of advice with me everywhere I go. And if I think, "Mm, could I do that? Can I be credible? Am I? And I think, ah, I'll give it a go and see what happens. And nine times out of 10, it pans out okay. And if it doesn't, oh, well, you know, we chalk that up to experience and Mm. we try something different Mm. next time. But yeah, I think it's, basically putting one foot in front of the other and giving it a go um and yeah I've done my level two I've now done my exercise referral qualification as well I've now started a master's degree all of this thinking ah we'll work out the detail further down the line casually doing a master's degree (laughs) exactly (laughs) I'll figure it out I'll do it at the time when you're like applying for it and it's in the future you don't really think about like what it what it's going to be or Mm. you think oh well I'll just work it out and and yeah, it seems to be, I seem to be working out. So I just keep trying. And if it goes wrong, it goes wrong and we do something else. But also like, you know, I find that really inspiring. And sometimes, in some ways I'm kind of like, you know, I'm like, I want to do this. I'll figure it out. I'll make it happen. I, I'm like, I'll, I'll find the details. I'm, mm. I'm very, very like that. But also then that imposter syndrome kicks in and it's like, oh, you couldn't do that. Oh, you shouldn't yeah, do that. Yeah, totally. Know? Yeah. And I do have that as well. The first Zumba class I went to was when I was on holiday at Centre Parks. And I went because I knew that nobody would know me. Mm. Uh, and my friends had been going to a Zumba class in my local area. And I had, I don't know if I'd made excuses, but I didn't go for whatever reason. And I went to that one first. And I think it was to make sure that I could hack it, that I could do it, and that I wasn't going to make myself look stupid in front of other people. And I do think that there's an element of that, that like at that point, I wasn't secure enough in myself that making a mistake wouldn't like be the thread that pulls it all to let it, all those cards fall down. Mm. Whereas now I've, you know, I've got the resilience, I've got the, 
the self-compassion that if something goes wrong, it's not something inherently wrong with me. It's just maybe a bad choice or a not very good situation or a mistake. Like we're all entitled to make mistakes and it's just one thing. I don't have to catastrophize it to be like the Mm. end of everything. If I do a class that doesn't go very well or I introduce a new routine and people don't like it, that doesn't mean that I have to shut down my business and forget any of this ever happened. Like it's not that dramatic. We just won't do that routine again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. And yeah, I know that I totally know that mindset as well of like, oh, I've got that wrong. Like, that's it. I'm never doing it again. I can't possibly do this. And I'm going to shout out Lisa, who came on my retreat in Greece this September, because she shared something really uh, powerful that I've constantly quoted kind of to myself since she uh shared and she said i think it was it's like a kind of maybe not a chinese proverb but a kind of bit of like wisdom and i obviously i don't know the the chinese but the kind of english translation is there's no chance without risk you have to be willing to take a risk to take the to have that chance and likely you know you have to accept that if you're going to take a chance on something there are going to be risks and i think You've done that in so many ways in building misfits in, you know, coming to here today in like you've take, you know, going to um, star in a swimwear photo shoot like you've gone, OK, there's a I'm going to take a gamble here and I might fall flat on my face, but it also might be incredible. And I think that can be applied to taking these opportunities in putting yourself out there if you're listening and you're like oh I want to do that qualification or I could lead that class or I could do that like we need you and we want you to do it so please take a chance but also it can be in the sense of like simply someone even just showing up to your like your class or showing up someone's class because just getting through the door of whatever it is initially can be terrifying. Absolutely and I have clients that join me online and I've never seen their face they have their Mm. camera off So some of them have been coming for a long time and they join in from their homes or maybe they're just sat watching me on the sofa. Who knows? (laughs) But they are there and they are part of the community without having to walk through that door. And I've also got others who started online because they wanted to see what it was like and they've been able to learn the routines before they walk in the door. They still find walking in that door to be quite daunting, but they know who they're going to see and they know what the routines are going to be. And that is just like removing those little barriers and making it easier for people to do it. And we had uh, Bethany Rutter on a few weeks ago and I really loved her. And if you if you are nervous about going to classes and trying things, I don't know if you've listened to that episode, but yeah. she was so empowering because she just put like, who cares? Who cares? And I think you kind of have to say that to your that voice in your head sometimes, don't you? Like, yeah, and okay, what's the worst cares? that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? Okay, there's some risks here, but like it's worth it. It's worth just push them out my comfort zone just that little bit and sometimes you find things that you didn't know you were going to enjoy like Mm. i'm not a spinner i hate spinning and i know you love spinning i love it and you keep saying that i should come to your class right now if i was i'm not teaching anymore but if you were i think i could make you really enjoy it but that's just my biased opinion (laughs) and also ash i think i'd go to ash at boom at boom cycles i think i would love her Mm -hmm. class as well but of the classes I've been to, spinning is not the one. But I also thought that I wouldn't like a circuit class or like a boot camp class. And I actually discovered that I really enjoyed those, partly because I like the moaning about having to do it. And like, <laughs> weirdly, that would like make me feel good, like going, oh, I really hate burpees or press ups or whatever it is. But that process of complaining about doing it, but improving the moves actually made me feel good so I Mm. quite so there are things that you think you're not going to enjoy that turn out to be like really good fun yes you surprise yourself don't you you surprise yourself when you put yourself out there Uh, one of the other things I really wanted to discuss with you today is fitness professionals against weight stigma so you have been an integral part of kind of building a non-for-profit organization that is specifically centered around making fitness spaces more inclusive and making the fitness industry more inclusive. Talk to me about how that started and and what the aims are and and what you guys want to achieve. So, I mean, it started as a lockdown project, (laughs) as so many things did. Um, uh, And there were a group of us that met online to talk about what we could do with this sort of downtime during lockdown to... uh, 
upskill fitness professionals who either were already working in this way to kind of connect and sort of galvanize and support each other because often you can be the only weight neutral uh fitness instructor in a gym and everyone else thinks that you're like some sort of you know like you've gone kooky character (laughs) doing like why are you not taking why are you turning down clients you know and it can be quite isolating and then there were others um who perhaps were in bigger bodies who wanted to connect with other fitness instructors in bigger bodies but essentially a group of fitness instructors all working in the same way that wanted to find a way to kind of um work together we also wanted to challenge the kind of content of the level three qualifications the sort of personal training qualifications although actually to be fair it's in all qualifications again around this kind of obsession with the you know the uh, you know changing people's bodies for health kind of thing there's no research that supports that um the research tells us something very different and the qualifications have not been updated alongside that so the information's out of date and is inconsistent so um it started off that that was our aim to kind of change that level 3 qualification um and we had some contact with one of the governing bodies who i guess had some downtime during lockdown so we met with them online and kind of discussed the sort of training that we felt should be included and although it wasn't possible to add that into the existing qualification the idea was that we could provide that as like a something alongside it so initially that was our aim to provide this kind of online addition that could be um, used as like continuous professional development so that fitness instructors would be better qualified or better trained to work in a weight neutral way so that's kind of the aim and that aim is still very much there over the course of lockdown we um, had some online training sessions and we've delivered a lot of kind of CPD sessions for people that are already working in a weight neutral way so kind of unpicking the research and we've done a lot of that Um, but as our lives have kind of moved in a different way Amy has like recently had a baby (laughs) I've started my master's degree Emma's busy with other things the three of us are um, like voluntary directors so we do it all in our spare time so our, our lives have kind of like not even returned gone off in a completely different tangent so it's still there and we still have uh, the community and we still have um, online resources that we can direct people to but we're kind of in a little bit of a lull at the moment while we work out what's going to happen next so 2023 watch this space yeah absolutely and it's much more difficult during when we were in lockdown fitness professionals had time to do training and all of those kinds of things everyone's back working now so it's much more difficult to find a time even on zoom where we can all get together so it's still there but it's more of a kind of Facebook community we're still very much supporting each other there's lots of working links kind of going on Um, and we've definitely got a community that we didn't have before so that's great and yeah there's more to come in the future. It's really important that you guys doing that and I fully support what you're doing because you're right we need qualifications in updating in the UK in the US abroad I'm sure as well we need to like we said the way that we want to tell people that you have options you don't have to just exercise for weight loss we need to teach the people who are are telling people that in the first place because half the issue is that you're trained as a personal trainer and a fitness instructor to train people for weight loss yeah and you're not kind of trained to help people with their mental health to feel good to understand the physical positive impacts on their body as well if we had more emphasis on that, I think that um, we'd get more people moving overall. And Absolutely. certainly what you guys are doing as well is, um, you know, educating trainers on weight stigma, on the judgments that we make as trainers. Of, if we Say I am working in a gym and I have pe- clients coming to me and I had a client coming to me, you came to me, that, you know, me seven eight years ago when I first started in this industry would have probably made a whole load of judgments about what you do about how your body moves about xyz you know and if we can help people understand their biases and those judgments that they make we can serve more of the population better absolutely yeah and you guys are doing it you're making it happen it's happening it's happening 
for sure. Where can people find Fitness Professionals Against Weight Stigma? So it's againstweightstigma.com. So that's nice and easy to find. Mm. Um, On there, there's uh, resources. um, There's like a little mini training course that fitness professionals, well, anyone can do, but it is guided towards fitness professionals it's free uh, and it's a sort of short course that takes you through what weight stigma is and some of the things you can do to kind of reduce the harm that you might be causing for your general practice so it's a real light touch but it's a great little kind of mini course to get you started and if people are new listening to this and just you know want to learn more about that that's awesome that you guys have that as as a real starting point Um, and I'm sure we will watch this space for more things you guys are doing So, Becky, I end every episode by asking you, what has been your most recent train happy moment? I I feel like I'm very lucky that I get to have train happy moments in every class I teach. I love that. Like there's something either... I see somebody who will get a move that they haven't previously got or will enjoy something. I can see from their face that they're smiling, whereas last week they were frowning because they were still learning the steps. So I feel like I have loads of kind of micro train happy moments all the time. Um, And being able to encourage people to move their bodies who may not have been able to under other circumstances is just a huge train happy moment for me. I think that's the best and I think that sums up everything you're doing and you're about and yeah Becky okay so I'm hoping that now everyone's going to be like right I need to try one of these classes where can they find you where can they find your classes and how can they kind of support you going forward so I'm at misfits workout on Instagram so miss as in m-i-double-s fits without a double s <laughs> um and it's misfitsworkout.co.uk for um, booking classes i've also got free youtube classes so you can try before you buy and you can also find out a bit about me and my journey um and yeah that's that's where you can find me amazing this has been so lovely i like i said we met at the beginning of 2020 and look where we are now thank you so much for having me it's been fab oh it's been an absolute pleasure thank you But that is it for this week's episode of the Train Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you took something away from this episode. And if you did, please do let us know on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Train Happy Podcast. And we do want to hear from you. We want your questions. We want to hear your train happy moments. And we'd love to feature you as Train Happy Trooper of the Week. So remember, you can get in touch with us via our WhatsApp It is 07599-927-537. And whatever podcast platform you're choosing to listen to us on, please rate and review. It really helps the show and it really helps spread the train a happy message. And that is it for this week. I'll be back with a brand new episode for you next Monday. See you then. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 